Today, those with either Parascava decatriophobia or Frigga triscae decophobia may want to consider staying home, or at least not looking at the date. At the risk of triggering those with either Frigga triscae decophobia or Parascava decitrophobia, this is the 13th day of the year, and it also falls on a Friday. So please consider those with either Parascava decatriophobia or Frigga triscae decophobia today. For now, it's Charlottesville Community Engagement intended to allay your fears of not knowing what's happening in local government. On today's program, property assessments in Albemarle County see a record increase for 2023. The federal metric used to gauge inflation dropped slightly in December. Corey Claiborne will serve as the chair of the Albemarle Planning Commission in 2023. One member of the Albemarle Board of Supervisors is helping to start a Parks Foundation. The Botanical Garden of the Piedmont clear a technical hurdle in Albemarle County. There are six new members of the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce's Board of Directors, and there's more time to apply for a grant tour a program to draw awareness of one of Charlottesville's sister cities. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, the Charlottesville Jazz Society wants you to keep three dates in mind for live music in these first few months of 2023. On February 11th, the Charlottesville Jazz Society will have an event with the Allison Miller and Carmen Staff duo. On March 22nd, it will be time for the Charlie Ballantyne trio. Then on April 20th, there is Monica Herzig's Joni Mitchell Project, for details on all of the live music, do check out the Charlottesville Jazz Society's website at seavillejazz.org. The Albemarle Board of Supervisors has received one important metric that they will need as they consider a budget for the fiscal year that begins on July 1st, 2023. County Assessor Peter Lynch was on hand at this week's meeting. The overall change due to the reassessment is 13.46% over 2022. At least one supervisor gasped in astonishment, as podcast listeners can hear. That is a historical high and continues a trend of consecutive increases since 2014, when the annual increase was 1.78%. In 2022, the increase was 8.4%. Albemarle began assessing property annually in 2008. Lynch said the figures are well supported by sales and market data, but he realized that the increase may come as a surprise to many. The latest news about the economy, about the market, is not going to make people think 13.46% increase. Lynch said last year his office had thought they would be hit with a record number of appeals. Instead, they had fewer than expected. They understood what was going on with the market. They knew people were bidding up uh, the sales on houses uh, and that the assessments would be higher. The assessment data is consistent with data collected by the Charlottesville Area Association of Realtors. The median sales price in Albemarle in November 2021 was $424,000, compared to $463,000 in November of 2022. Different types of property increased at different rates. Urban residential increased an average of 12.73%, while apartments increased at 28.2%. Apartments are 
a hot commodity in the real estate market. Uh, and it's really the difference between that's an income stream uh, that is sought after. Other residential properties up to 20 acres increased by 11.31%, while rural properties between 20 and 100 acres increased 12.15%. Commercial and industrial property increased 15.47%, continuing the rebound from 2021 when this classification actually dropped 5.5%. The assessment increases will result in additional property taxes if the property tax rate remains the same. Remember, every assessment is unique to the property. If, if you had a home worth $150,000 after the reassessment, it's worth $150,000. It would have gone up around 9.13%. You'll end up paying $106.75 more in taxes. Assessment notices will be mailed out on January 20th. The new values will be reflected on the county's GIS system the next day. Requests for reviews to the assessor's office must be submitted by February 28th. Appeals to the Board of Equalization must be made by March 30th. Lynch encouraged people who have questions about their assessment to call his office. A metric calculated by the federal government that represents the cost of goods and services for most Americans declined slightly in December. The consumer price index for all urban consumers fell 0.1%, bringing the 12-month increase to 6.5% over December 2021. Here is a section from the press release from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. This was the smallest 12-month increase since the period ending October 2021. The price of gasoline dropped, as did the overall cost of energy, though the cost of shelter increased, as did the index for food. Indexes which increased in December include the shelter, household furnishings and operations, motor vehicle insurance, recreation and apparel indexes. The indexes for used cars and trucks and airline fares were among those that decreased over the month. Over the past year, the cost of food is up 10.4%. Cereals and bakery products are up 16.1%, while meats, poultry, and fish are up 7.7%. Even though this information came out yesterday, I include it because I think details like this are interesting to some of you. They certainly mean a lot to those who make decisions about the fate of vast sums of money. So why not look at the source material when it comes out? The first meeting of 2023 for most elected bodies has so far featured a selection of officers, as I've been reporting. Usually that means the beginning of the meeting is chaired by a familiar face who is not elected. In the case of the appointed Albemarle Planning Commission, that means the planning director. That position is currently held on an acting basis by Kevin McDermott. I am opening this meeting because this is our organizational meeting and we will begin by electing a chair. The 2022 chair had a nomination. Here is Karen Firehawk, the commissioner for the Samuel Miller District. I'd like to nominate Commissioner Corey Claiborne for chair of the Albemarle County Planning Commission. There were no other nominations and commissioners voted 6-0 to zero to make the selection. There is currently a vacant position in the Rio District. Claiborne represents the Rivanna District and joined the Albemarle Planning Commission after a partial term on the Charlottesville Planning Commission. Coming into my fourth year, and I remember uh, learning a lot from 
former Chairman uh, Bivens, as well as former Chairman Firehawk and others along the way. And I uh, just ask that you make sure I stay on the straight and narrow uh, this year as we do that. Bivens nominated Fred Missile of the Scottsville District to serve as vice chair, and that election was also unanimous. Commissioners also discussed their committee assignments for the year. Bivens is a member of the Land Use and Environmental Planning Commission, but Missile said he also attends those meetings. His day job is Director of Design and Development for the University of Virginia Foundation. Firehawk said she wanted to keep the committee assignments she has already, but noted that the Acquisitions of Conservation Easement Committee has not met for some time. And and there's been no movement by the Board of Supervisors to, to reconvene it. Mm-hmm. In any way. So it does, doesn't really count as my on my burden, if you will. Firehawk also said the Historic Preservation Committee has not met for several months due to a lack of quorum. I don't even know that we have enough bodies to make a quorum. So that's something that needs to be addressed because that's a really important committee for the comprehensive plan. In a discussion of whether a planning commissioner should sit on the Natural Heritage Committee, Firehawk said she is aware that some supervisors would like to reduce the number of standing committees. Many localities across Virginia have a private foundation that works to raise money to support their park systems. This week, one member of the Albemarle Board of Supervisors told her colleagues she is working to start one. Here is Supervisor B. Lepisto-Kirtley of the Rivanna District. I'm exploring starting a parks foundation with a group of people. And I would uh, look for the board's support in doing that. Uh, This is very similar to the police foundation. The Albemarle School Board has a public foundation as well. Four of Lepisto Kirtley's colleagues expressed support for the idea. It really will be a benefit to our community. And while it's not a board of supervisors action, um, our community throughout the county and, and our region will benefit from the work that you're helping to uh, to bring forward. Lepisto Kirtley said Supervisor Ned Galloway also supported the idea, but he was not present at the beginning of Wednesday's meetings. As for parks, other localities that have a foundation include Fairfax County, Virginia Beach, Prince William County, and Orange County. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for today's second subscriber-supported shout-out. This one comes from Patreon and WTJU. Do you have a passion for classical music? Want to listen to composers old and new and then share those works with others? WTJU 91.1 FM Community Radio is seeking new volunteer hosts in its classical department. WTJU gives you all the tools and training you will need to share your good taste with loyal listeners. Learn more at WTJU.net slash get involved. You are listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and there are three sections left in this second half of the program. One long and two very short. The Botanical Garden of the Piedmont 
has cleared a technical hurdle to its future existence in a portion of McIntyre Park that is within Albemarle County. David Benish is a development process manager with the Albemarle County Department of Community Development. The proposed activity is considered a public use that's been determined by our zoning administrator. Uh, Public uses are permitted by right in all zoning districts. However, if the proposed public use is not identified in a comprehensive plan, a review for the proposal's compliance with the comprehensive plan is required, and that's a state code requirement. The Botanical Garden of the Piedmont leases land from the city of Charlottesville for their future facility on about 14.7 acres. Three of those acres are within Albemarle County. The specific site you can see here on the map is uh, 950 Melbourne Road. It's the southwest corner of the intersection of Melbourne Road and the John Warner Parkway. Benish said the uses proposed are consistent with the comprehensive plan. Uh, We see botanical gardens as a feature not uncommon to public parks. And although, and it's consistent with the city's East McIntyre Park Master Plan. And although that plan is not part of the county's plan, it did play into the the baseline designations for this area as public parks and open space. And that's exactly what the nonprofit group that is planning the Botanical Garden of the Piedmont wants to achieve. Jill Trishman Marks is the group's executive director. The garden is being planned as a place for everyone to learn, play, explore, relax, and gather. The garden will be a community asset that's open to the public year-round and will combine accessible outdoor community garden rooms and interior garden spaces. When built, there would be no admission fee for the main gardens, but revenue will come from renting spaces for events. The garden will also include smaller um, areas to serve as outdoor classrooms for exploration and learning, such as our children's discovery garden here our aquatics garden, and then across the stream, our tree canopy walk. The section that will use land in Albemarle County will contain the parking, the garden pavilion, and the children's discovery garden. The latter will be the first garden to be constructed at the whole facility. Trishman Marks said an architect has not yet been selected, but prospective respondents to a request for proposals will visit the area soon. Negotiations have begun with Charlottesville Area Transit for a public transit stop, and talks are also going on with Jaunt. Trishman Marks said she may be getting help from the National Park Service. I actually found out today that the National Park Service program, the RTC, is actually going to provide us with 20 hours of support services this spring in because nobody could tell me what I need to document in order to prove that I need a bus stop. Trishman Marks said she thought access to green space should be a priority for transit. The federal assistance will help with documenting how many people are using the garden currently. In the meantime, the garden is preparing to handle things on its own for future events. At past events, we've shuttled guests to the garden from Charlottesville High School when it was an in session, and we plan to use this strategy in the future. The site of the garden was a former leaf dump for the city of Charlottesville. Trishman Marks said they've been able to reclaim the space since 2019 by removing native species and creating the first few trails. They now have over 470 volunteers assisting them with their work. Commissioners had a few questions. Lonnie Murray wanted to know about the parking. Have you considered um, 
in low impact development, about using permeable paving and, and other ways to mitigate stormwater. Trishman Marks said she was excited to talk about the parking, which will reclaim water for other purposes. And what you see in the center is actually a rain garden. So all of the water that from the parking lot will drain into this, this central area. It will be filtered and go under the, under the garden where it will um, also capture roof water from the buildings and then go through a series of uh, waterfalls so that it can um, also be aerated. Commissioner Louise Carazana noted that there had been issues with birds striking the glass at the Piedmont Family YMCA built in the western side of McIntyre Park. He hoped that could be avoided at the Botanical Garden of the Piedmont. You, you had a beautiful image there of a, a lot of glass and timber and, and beautiful structure. Just if you look into some of the um, mitigations for bird strike glass, uh, there's plenty of technology out there now that... Um, really works well and for something like this. Commissioner Julian Bivens said he was hopeful a transit solution could be found. It is not unknown to my colleagues that I continue to be sort of gently annoyed that all of the green spaces in the county are drivable. None of them except for one park in the district that I happen to represent, and that's the Charlotte Humphreys Park, can you walk to? I'm going on record saying yet again, for a community that claims to be this place of grace, mm-hmm. uh, you can't get to any of those places for quiet, for quiet solitude or, or meditation without driving a vehicle. No one spoke during the public hearing, and the six commissioners voted to find it in accord with the comprehensive plan. You can watch this entire presentation, and I encourage that if you're interested, in a link in the newsletter. The organization that aims to promote the business community in the area has named new members of its board of directors. The Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce announced six new people this week. They are Rita Bunch of the Centara Martha Jefferson Hospital, Libby Edwards Albaugh of the Tax Ladies, Rudy Fernandez of Northrop Grumman, Allison Linney of Allison Partners, David Mitchell of the Great Eastern Management Company, and Todd Rowley of Old Dominion National Bank. Each will serve a three-year term. To learn more about any of the people above, take a look at a press release that went out this week. The new chair of the board is Rebecca Ivins of the construction firm Horrigan. And finally, this is the shortest story you're ever going to hear on Charlottesville Community Engagement. Do you have an idea to help bring cultural awareness to one of Charlottesville's sister cities? An application deadline for up to $4,000 has been extended to January 18th. For more information and to listen to pronunciations of the four, read an article I wrote from December 12, 2022, or check out the press release. But that is the end of this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement number 484, and we are going through this Friday the 13th edition with no major mishaps. Except there was. (laughs) The podcast version of this had to be reassembled due to a computer crash and an Adobe audition session that was not recovered. Audition is a fantastic program, but later versions don't seem to retain sessions like the old ones. I must remember to save. Or just don't click on anything you get from Kevin Cox. (laughs) 
I am saved, of course, by all of the paid subscribers to Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'm able to pay for things like Adobe Audition, or Deed Research, or websites, because there's an increasing number of people who want this work to continue, even if there's still not a regular schedule. And of course, Ting matches the initial payment for every subscription, whether that be $5 a month, $50 a year, or $200 a year. Someone is just about to purchase one of those latter ones because they come with two shoutouts a month. The shoutout system is a strange economy that is providing useful. More details in a future episode. High-speed internet is also useful, and Ting offers that service. And if you want to upgrade your internet provider, check out Ting. If you sign up at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code COMMUNITY, you will get free installation, a second month for free, and a $75 gift card to the downtown mall. Thanks to Vraki for the music that appears occasionally. And new music will debut in episode 500. Thank you to Jen Finazzo and Bree Luck for voice work this week, including this from Bree Today. Frigga Triskaida Kafobia. Bree's shoutouts are for live arts as well as the Blue Ridge Abortion Fund. Jen wants you to know about Yori Floral Studio for all of your Frigga floral needs. Triskaida Thank you very much for listening. Kafobia. I'm Tom Tubbs, the host of this program. <laughs> And I would say have a good weekend, but I'm not sure what those are. Goodbye. It's my choice. I like to work. <laughs>